0: Welcome to a very special Good Friday edition of Compassion Radio. Friend, in a world where our foundations seem to be shifting, sinking, or crumbling, can there be anything good about it? Today we are presented with a seemingly massive contradiction. Two thousand years ago, all that was good in this world in a few short hours was snuffed out, tortured to death, naked and nailed to a pile of rough timbers. And somehow, over the centuries, we've been told that this Friday was somehow good. On the surface of it, it just doesn't seem possible. Even worse, the Word of God implores us to celebrate the Lord's death until He comes again, to preach Christ crucified, to never shy away from the horrible reality of the suffering He went through. We pore over the accounts of this horror in Matthew 27, Mark 15, Luke 23, and John 19. Everything that comes before this is brought into completely different focus than we expected. Everything that comes after stands on a completely new foundation. Even facing the story as a real and living history seems like reopening a wound, forcing us into a new kind of trauma. How can this be good? We can sing songs about it. We can speak platitudes to whitewash our knees with it. We can try to make beautiful what we know in our souls to be supremely ugly. A man was literally crushed and bled to death, and we are told to not turn away. What kind of God would do such a thing to us? Only the kind of God who would do such a thing for us. There are plenty of gods roaming this world who are cruel and demanding who would gleefully traumatize us for a twisted pleasure in our suffering. I would encourage you to consider that the God of the Bible is no such God. And as Son of God, Jesus was no such abuser. I'll readily admit that approaching the cross for a good look is traumatizing and not for the squeamish. If it had no other meaning than to confirm what we already know of the world itself, that it is cruel and loveless then the sorrow and horror we feel would be rightly considered cruel and unusual moral and emotional punishment. Yet something happens when we do peer into the pit where Jesus descends. We see a seed planted in the depths of the universe. We're torn, of course. In the same moment, we break under the sorrow that something, someone, so thoroughly worthy and loving, so kind and forgiving, has been ripped from us. And yet, there's another sense. A sense that a new life is bound to break forth from this seed. Even if our eyes are blinded by sorrow's tears, the Spirit Himself can help our imagination grasp where all of this is going. Something new and amazing is coming. The first disciples had precious little to hang their hope on. From their perspective, the next chapter hadn't been written yet. What they could read seemed to end with a loud and final period at the end of the sentence. Yet that seed was changing in the bowels of the earth. A period was transforming into an ellipse, a comma, and finally, an exclamation mark. We just couldn't see it yet. There is no doubt in my mind that the collective experience of the world in 2020 and 2021 has in some ways been an echo of the three days the disciples experienced in deep grief, not knowing how things could possibly turn to the better. We've witnessed a wave of death not seen in a century, maybe a millennium. Every time we don our masks to step out of our homes, we're reminded of the burden we share to not perpetuate death. And at the same time, we're faced with the reality of so much death anyway. Many of you may be observing Good Friday, and mourning today in ways you never expected. So I'll address the pressing question. What can be good about a day like this? It can be good to mourn. To not shy away from the truth of our own grief and loss. To face it and bring it before God Himself, demanding He do something about it. It's okay. God can take it. If that's you today... You have my encouragement to not hold back. To tell God how you feel, how you really feel, and to not apologize for it. Something this implied, hidden, folded into the story of the cross is this. While we were dumbfounded, shocked, and unmoored by what happened, God was too. Now don't misunderstand me. God knew exactly what he was getting into. He knew the need, the solution, and the cost of salvation. It was a price he was more than willing to pay. But why? Well, I don't really have a complete answer for you. I'd say it was because he loved us so much. He says so in John 3.16. But really, I can't comprehend how he would be willing to be eternally crucified for me. It's just too much to wrap my head around. That someday I'm promised I'll see those nail prints and the gash in his side still there, as a testament of who he is and how he loves me. Friends, if we can hang our hats on anything today, let it be this. If the Bible is true at all, we'll someday know for ourselves how good Good Friday actually was. May his comfort be with you today.
1: Climbs the hill That bears the cross That takes the nails What kind of love is this That takes my place That gives his life And clears my name Oh, oh I want to know What kind of love this is That's what God's love it.
0: The story of the crucifixion. The misshapen mass in front of him stuttered and shuddered. As far as he could tell, that is, this cloying darkness swallowed everything, even his sanity. It would seem. How could it be this dark at this hour? The sun should be halfway to the horizon, putting those jagged beams in stark relief. But now, nothing. Yet somehow, the color red. Was it even a man anymore? More a crimson tumor. Reaching where? No one was coming to save him. Like a child, he had screamed for his daddy. And then, the fear. It seemed to flow from the dying man, and to him. The black. It seemed to swallow him. Or was he swallowing it? The centurion could barely keep his head up against the weight of all this. His men had already taken a knee, and were rattling their helmets to clear their heads. He was more rasped than word. The ground rolled under his feet. Or maybe it was his own insides going liquid. He sensed a coming attack. He forced himself to look in every direction. The thin line of remaining light at the western horizon was rapidly retreating. Fleeing this onyx hammer. God, this is oppressive. Not another man on the ground remained standing now. The only other two upright men were nailed in that position. The last face he could still see was defiant and straining for a last look. That woman the others called a prostitute who wouldn't take no for an answer. How was she still standing? God, how those eyes blazed. She stood guard over the crumpled mass of the older woman and her son. The centurion locked eyes with her. Why was the oil sputtering? The choking smoke of an extinguished flame soured the room. The light everywhere was dying. Everywhere. All day the bleating and the bleeding had paraded outside the door. The blood, not human, to cover the human soul, poured to overflow the drains. Yet sound was overwhelmed by the ragged breath coming from the lamb on the other hill. All around, death and hope was dying with it. For hours there had not been a twinge from the seat upon which sat the inhabitant of this room. The constant conversation of three had dwindled to one. How could this be? With eyes all around, straining to heaven in every direction. But no, the universe had collapsed. Vision itself was failing. Eyes left unlit, the blinded summoned father in whisper, called in confusion and screamed in growing conviction. Where are you going? Son, where are you? How can I abide here? Will no one answer me?
2: Tay, Tay, Tay!
0: The soldier was terrorized by the sound behind him, frozen by the eyes before him. Then the last flash of horizon light began to flicker in the woman's eyes. <laughs> The resident of the dark room across the city was shattered by that scream. Father remained as silent as death. The black landed as an iron lid. The howl from within the sanctuary echoed back to the hill, and the blinded thrashed out through the dank blanket, throwing it aside in shreds. Leaping from the seat of judgment, mind made up, spirit flooded out across the mount.
2: Son! Where are you?
0: The agony poured down the alleys, smelling its way along the blood trail, scraping over the souls of fallen men. It rushed out the walls, felt the edge of Gehenna, and sped to that place of skulls.
2: Where are you?
0: Spirit still blinded, raged to flatten anything in its path in pursuit of sun. It collided with the soul redeemed, and the fragile one shuddered. Spirit surged forward. The centurion captured the flash in her eyes. Something different, something fierce. The color of desperation. And in that flash he knew it was coming for him. The wall met his soul full in the face and spun him around. It roamed across the surface of the hill, pouring over and over the beams. Everything between the soldier's ears and behind his ribs was in shards. The desperation was still searching.
1: Where are you?
2: Father, where is he?
0: The centurion saw it casting to and fro. It rushed away to seek that which would not be found in all the earth. And still the darkness wouldn't relent. But it sagged, spent. Stumbling, he fell forward, vowing not to fall to his knees. He fell into the cross instead. That red, still imprinted on his brain, even in this lightlessness, horrified him. He held onto the iron peg to steady himself. Surely! Surely this! His hand slipped into the congealed wetness behind that peg. He wretched, And then... The darkness began parting, filaments of gray filtering down through the cracks of unforgiving iron resolve. Its purpose now served, the darkness began to decay. It collapsed under its own weight, and the ants below scrambled along their mound in confusion, surveying the damage. Eventually, the natural night returned to its rightful place and covered the whole world in his familiar blanket. An attempt to comfort its own creator, perhaps. Twice more, night and day, attempted to sabbath what remained inconsolable in earth or in heaven. Weary grays of dawn, and tarry blackness of blank skies. All creation seemed forever spent. And then...
1: Find no hope within to call my own, for I am frail of heart. My strength is gone, but deep within my soul is rising up a song. Here in the cold. Car- In search of higher ground, on mountains steep, and though with feet unsure, I still keep pressing on, for I am guided by the faith
2: Touch your side
0: May the truth of God's love for you come alive in your heart today as you consider what He did for you that you might live with Him now and forever. Thank you for joining us for this very special Compassion Radio Good Friday service. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us online at CompassionRadio.com or by mail and phone 1-800-868-2478 P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California 92859 Have a blessed Easter, friends. We'll see you again Monday.